Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Passion and Courage. I'm your host, Marcus Engel. This is the podcast where I teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. I have in the studio with me the hotness. Good day. Good day. So we kind of had a, a difficult topic to talk about this week, and we're, we're still pretty fresh on this too, so I hope you'll apologize. I, I feel like I need to apologize in advance for us being a little out of, uh, out of sync, um, but we last week had to, um, we had to help our 13-pound toy schnoodle cross the Rainbow Bridge. And if you're not familiar with what that terminology means, I mean, how can you not be familiar with what that terminology means? But the, um, we had to put our, our dog to sleep after 13 wonderful years with this little, little pup. And so, um, we thought today we'd talk a little bit about, about what grieving is like, um, with pets, with animals, the, the, the special place that they hold in our hearts and how do we how do we process that grief how do we process that grief um once something inevitable happens so so i was out of town and you were the one who had to have the courage to make the decision about what to do next uh it wasn't unexpected we'd we'd known she was um not doing well and, uh, but she deteriorated rather rapidly. But you, you were home for, um, for the appointment, for the event. Um, I heard uh, somebody say the only bad or downside to having pets is that they just their lifespan just isn't long enough. And I think that's probably true for those of us who have pets, which is most Americans. Um, we've gone through this and um it can be heart-wrenching it is just we take them in and uh love them and you see all the things you know i didn't save my rescue animal they saved me and and you see all the things and you just you love these little um animals and i think when when you go through the your kids move out and you have one of those empty nest pets, <laughs> you know, there's, there's an additional bonding or, or, you know, when one grows up with your kids and, you know, there's all the reasons that, um, that they worm that special place in your heart. And, and, uh, and Smooch was one of those kind of lifetime dogs where they just fit perfectly into your personality in your home and just, yeah, I say that Smooch was our dog, but she wasn't. She was your dog, and she matched you in personality. She was this um, lovely soul, very sensitive, would love to sit on um, on people's laps whenever she, they didn't know that, uh, that they needed a dog <laughs> to sit with them. Um, that dog really wanted nothing more in the world than just to be sitting in your lap for life. And, I mean, that's a... That's a sweet thing to have is a dog that is just absolutely devoted to uh, her purpose of being with you. It, she, it is. It is. She was quite special. And, uh, and like I said, I, I think, you know, so many people have that experience and, uh, and have had that, that love and that absolute heartbreak to, uh, to say goodbye to one of those, uh, those, those indeed precious, precious 
pets and uh, man, it hurts. I, I keep it. You know, I've got to tell you this. I want to defend her. She was 11 pounds. Not oh, 13, I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, no, you've got that wrong. Um, but how 11 pounds gone from our home is like leaves this void where it feels like, you know, the silence, the is silence from, yeah. from just those few pounds has been uh, quite traumatic. It's like, whoa, I didn't realize how much space she took up with just those, just that tiny little amount. Um, but it, it's been quite an adjustment. It has been. And, and Smooch was with us through now three of my CNI dogs. She yes. came into our life whenever we had Carson, uh, Garrett, and now Elliot. And people have asked in the last week, you know, how is Elliot doing without Smooch? Elliot is fine. <laughs> Elliot's fine. Uh, he Smooch made me kind of glad because she was the boss. <laughs> yeah, she she was a little Napoleon dog where she she kind of was was a little bossy. <laughs> so he's he's totally fine. But uh, yeah. us on the other hand, we're still we're still we're now able to laugh a little bit about Smooch and have good memories. But you know, for the first several days, it just just plain hurt. It's just grieving and. Um, I don't know about you, but in the midst of that, we we came home um, after taking her to the vet, and we stayed with her until the end. And um, when we came home that night, it's like, what do you do, right? It's like, what do you do? I mean, do we just lay here in a in a ball and cry? And yeah, if you need to do that, and we we both kind of went our separate ways for a little while and came back together and cried and um but at some point in the night we we decided to flip on the news and um yeah there's war on prime time there's war on prime time and it and it kind of made me feel guilty for um for grieving uh about smooch when there's people in the Ukraine that were running for their lives. Um, and I had to wrestle with that some. I had to wrestle with that emotion some uh, to understand that, yes, I'm feeling great sadness about my dog, but I'm not, I'm not a refugee, right? Yeah. There's, there's always this, this conflict of how can I feel bad about X loss when people have XY loss? And, and that can apply to so many situations, right? No matter what you're dealing with, someone else always has such a bigger loss than you. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, that to a certain extent can start to feel like a little bit of pressure, though, too, mm-hmm. right? Because if you immediately think, well, I don't deserve or I don't have the freedom to mourn and grieve when I have a legitimate loss because somebody in a foreign country is starving well that's silly i mean of course i'm gonna feel a loss i I, I, we lost our dog of course we're gonna feel lost that that comparison sometimes can get us in trouble it it can and in in no way and we have shed many tears and and prayed and and done you know tangible acts to help support the refugee crisis sure, that's current and previous ones as well. 
that is just, there's no words for the horrifying situation. In that moment, um, we couldn't circumvent our own grief because someone else also had grief in that moment, though. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we couldn't, even if we sat there and said, oh, well, our, our suffering is less than the Ukrainians right now, we're still going to feel our suffering, right? You, you could say that, oh, I, I don't feel as bad because somebody else has it worse. You're still feeling it, though. You're just not giving it room to, to process. Is that the word? Room, right. to, room to be what it actually is. Right. You know, it's, grief is complicated. And um, it reminds me of how many times we face this in other situations as well. And people will um, try to, well-meaning, um, shortcut your grief by comparing it to someone else's. Yeah. And yeah. we'll do that to ourselves. And, um, you know, I, I have a headache. Well, man, I can't have a headache. Someone over here has this terrible thing happening. I can't complain about my headache. You have actually made the point previously that it, it's hard to live with me because if you... <laughs> If you stub your toe or break your finger, as you have done a time or two, or break a toe, as you've done a time or two over the the 15 years we've been married, um, you said you almost feel like you cannot complain because I broke all the bones in my face, right? To which I usually say, it's not a contest, right? That's you, what you it's do. It's not that a contest. Correct. But there, there is, you know, because my personality uh, is that way, that there's this feeling of, well, you know, I have a, a broken foot. The, the bone in my foot was broken. And I remember very much feeling we hadn't been married that long uh, when I broke that bone. And I remember very much feeling like, man, I'm having to use these crutches and I'm walking in a boot and I'm doing these things and it sucks so bad. How can I complain to Mark after everything he went through? And then feeling like I had no space to process how miserable this was. And then I'm having to choke it out. And then the pressure of that was horrendous. Till I finally just kind of broke down and said, I don't know what to do with this. And you were very compassionate and very, you know, look, this you're not in a contest with everything I went through. You hurt right now. It's okay to you say this. You have a broken bone. Hurts. You have a broken bone. And it's hard to walk on crutches. That's okay to say that. We'll figure this out together. Um, and and you can't live there in self-pity, but you can say, this sucks for a minute, yeah. and, and start figuring it out. And then you work your way through the You know, there's stages of grief. You know, we kind of walk out. And if you try to shortcut those stages, sometimes you don't ever get to the other end and you get stuck in those stages and actually can kind of make them last longer. And that's what you were telling me whenever I asked you to turn the news off. I was like, my heart just can't take this right now. And, 
and I remember f- saying something to you about I feel guilty about that or uh, that makes me ashamed or embarrassed to say that. Um, but I don't think it should have. And you said, you know, we're going to feel sad about smooch. And if we don't give ourselves the ability to feel what we feel, it's going to take us longer to get through this. And I, I, like you said, I don't think we need to always shortcut grief. We don't need to uh, minimize grief and dismiss it. I think it's something that we need to to give space to and be with and maybe even lean into it um, as we talk about in the in the world of, of compassion and science. We need to lean into that that feeling of loss. And I think whenever we know that we have that feeling of loss, we've also known that feeling of love. And I, I think anybody, um, any dog lover out there will agree that is there a greater is there a greater example of compassion than a dog, right? Mm, uh, a dog, wow. dog is does not care your bad day that they that you had at the office. They just want to love you. They just want to be with you. They just want to be there and love you. And that's yeah. that's a that's that's understanding um, that we need that relationship uh, right along with those dogs that serve us and that we also know that our lives are gifted by. That's right. And be that way for ourselves. Yeah. Be that way for your forgiving fellow people. And then be that way for one another. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. If uh, We hope you got something out of this. We realize this is a kind of a downer topic as it, as it, you know, should be uh, when we're talking about the loss of pets. But we also hope that this brings about maybe some feelings of compassion uh, for those who you know who have suffered with the loss of, of their animals, of their pets, or even of their service animals, um, we're just we're just glad to be able to walk this journey now, just like other people have walked it. And whenever we uh, first were into this, we were like, "How are we going to move on without Smooch?" But we do. We um, do, and go ahead in the comments and. Write the yeah. name of your favorite pet. Yeah, if you've got a dog that you'd like to honor, or you've a cat that you'd like to honor, um, feel free to put your animal's name in the in the comments, and we'll you know we'll we'll throw up some prayers for them. So, thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of Compassion and Courage. I'm your host Marcus Single, and the hotness here with me. This is the the podcast where we teach compassionate communication provide perspective and inspire resilience. Thank you to everyone who is interacting with social media by sharing and subscribing and rating, reviewing all those fun social media things. We will see you all next time.